Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Primo, Primo, Primo. Jamo, Jamo. R.I.P. Guru. And it said it the first time. First time. First Razzcast J57 El Gaunt uh, has just dropped their debut album, Walking the Lines. They're known as Jamo Gang, and I want to welcome them to the library with Tim Monaco. Welcome, fellas. I'm happy to be here, Tim. Thanks for having me. So I know you guys have been asked about like how did this, you know, how did this uh, group come to be? And I, so I want to ask you that question, but what, what, what kind of I think is interesting is like, how do you know something like this is going to work? Like, how, when did you guys know that? All right, you guys, we met, you get along, but then how do you know from a artistic point of view that this is, you know, this will make sense to continue on and do? I think that you know when you listen back to the music after the first time, but I, from an artistic perspective, I say that, but I don't think you know from a, um, you know, is this going to be successful perspective? I don't, you know, I, I don't think we've ever even thought about that. We're like, let's just, let's just drive this car as far as we can go and like Thelma and Louise it off the cliff and see what happens. <laughs> uh, but really it's, it's, uh, you know, the first time that we recorded, you know, I, I've said this in the, we said this in a couple interviews before, but like, you know, we, we had all met from different, you know, different methods and stuff. And we got in the studio for the first time and gotten that studio, uh, like recorded a couple of songs and we had had a few drinks at that point. And I think the, the next day after, you know, waking up and not really feeling well, I know that I kind of put the music on and thought about, I'm like, man, is this actually going to be as good as I thought it was at, you know, one o'clock in the morning when we recorded it? <laughs> you, you know how that happens. Right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, but, it, but it was. And so that's when we were like, okay, we're let's, let's, yeah, let's all get in this car. Let's go. <laughs> Did you guys, yeah. go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Now I was just adding on to it that, you know, you, you know, uh, that experience of you, you think you've like solved you know, the, the, the Rubik's cube because the liquor was talking or the weed was talking <laughs> or whatever. And you go back the next day and you're like, this, you know, it's not a good idea, but now we, I, I, I can honestly say, and I, I think I can speak for everybody else. I was just like, wow, this is dope. I'm mm-hmm. really dope. Like, yeah. Hell yeah. Did you guys have, I mean, did you have a, uh, I don't know, goal is the right word, but like a goal in mind or a mission in mind of like kind of what you wanted to accomplish with, uh, you know, I know there's individual probably goals, but how about as a group, like kind of a group goal in mind, or was it just, you know, see what happens and then create that goal later? 
uh, to be honest, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for everyone because I'm not sure like how, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any goals to be honest. I don't, I don't have any goals for anything I do for each project. I, I learned a long time ago. I'm, I'm probably not the best one to answer this because I learned a long time ago to like not have expectations for things. Cause I used to get, I used to have that kind of shit and get like super devastated when, when things right. wouldn't even be close to meet, meeting those, you know, those, those expectations. So I stopped that a solid 10 years ago myself, but but I do say the phrase that we exceeded expectations for this project. And I know that, I know that's kind of, you know, that's kind of um, going against what I said, but like, I mean, our expectations were that hopefully people like it. And, and again, I don't know if I'm the best to answer it. I'm just, you know, I'm just the one speaking, I guess, but like, I'll tell you, man, I really didn't, I didn't expect anything and I didn't expect not getting anything either. So and only two women because I didn't love them all. I sure love the ball, just like Marvin Gaye. But stupid, this is to happen when you're Marvin Gaye. This is my last day. I'm glad I got a heads up. Take one from the ashtray and pour one in the red cup. Find a solid building in my city for the show. Oh, I mean, if we're talking about the group, then I mean, I had expectations for that for sure because it's not every day that DJ Premier personally sits all three of us down and says, Yeah, you guys should. I heard the songs. You guys should really make this a real group that, like, you put you're all into mm. like he did you know like that's just those are just facts that happen and i mean when, you know what i'm saying like that's yeah. the only time it's ever happened and uh and it felt really good working with them too like working with gaunt and raz like felt really good it's like all right my beats are you know banger beats and they're rapping their asses off like and we made really good songs drunk as shit so <laughs> to me i think if we really put our minds to it we could actually accomplish something on a really big scale and we and we're all very like-minded which is actually kind of rare because especially when you're doing boom bap on you know independent kind of hip-hop you know people may want one thing and a couple and one person might want something totally different and then it just doesn't work you know and all three of us wanted the same thing i was i was just showing them beats that were a little bigger sounding and they were feeling them it wasn't like it wasn't like i was showing them big sounding beats and like gaunt was liking them and then raz was like no no give me the more you know, the more stripped down sounding shit. It wasn't like that at all. They were both like, yo, these are fire. Let's go. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like we just had that synergy and that, or, that organic chemistry from, from literally the start. So I knew that the sky was the limit. Yeah. I also think it was, a uh, you know, uh, I always kind of, my mantras, uh, hope for the best and prepare for the worst. <laughs> but for, when it kind of started out, it was, you know, I, I had done a number of records with Raz because, you know, we've been friends for, for a long time. And, and I've, and I've done a lot, a lot of stuff with Jay cause we had been friends for a long time, but I, I think at that point, Raz and Jay hadn't really done anything. So it was just a, it was an opportunity for like two people who I really loved and respected to meet each other. And they, and then they, they vibe really well. So then it was just one of those like, yeah, let's, let's, let's just kind of see where this thing takes us. But the, the, I, for, for me, the, the chemistry, the first time we worked together was just, just worked so well. Like, you know, Raz and I were like just banging verses out because Jay was just dropping heat and uh, it, and every time we work, every time we get in the same room, it's, it's that same like kind of you know I don't want to use the word like some you know some band from the seventies when they discovered their <laughs> their stadium. It was it was it was some magic going on. <laughs> track of Francis Scott Key uh, on the album is uh, not just the author of the Star Spangled Banner, but is obviously the title of the, the second track of Walking With, uh, Walking with Lions. Um, 
obviously we're in this environment now that you know a very politically socially charged i guess you could say environment now so for you guys each what what did the star span go banner mean to you growing up but then how has it changed uh as you've as you become adults huh Raz, you want to answer that <laughs> I think I'm you should stop. I, I, I'm black, so <laughs> uh, you know that pretty much sums it up. Now, uh, you know, I'm joking, but I'm honest. So right. you know, my dad's a Marine and an LAPD officer, and and I'm like my views somewhere between the age of ten and ten. Like by ten, I was disagreeing with him. I saw something different than he saw in America, hmm. and. uh I was already learning not black history, just truth because our books don't teach truth. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go to outward sources. Encyclopedias give you truth, not high school. And so, you know, reading other material other than what, you know, America, you know, the school system gives you, it, it you know, it, 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 it sobers you up to a reality of that, you know, um, for one, you don't get the sanitized version. And for two, you don't get, that your your life started before, like your life started at you were a slave and somebody saved you from your savagery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so knowing that, um, I I remember seventh grade and when, the, no, I'm, okay, I'm sorry, I was in the ninth grade. And when I was in the ninth grade, I should have been in the seventh grade. But I almost got expo- expelled out of the school system because I didn't salute the flag. Um. And my mother had to go in. The dean actually tried to block my way, you know. Uh, he, he tried to physically touch me um, because, you know, and, and I knew my rights. I said, I don't have to salute it. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's what my rights are. And so, and, and you know, he happened to be a, a Mexican-American man. But, you know, people trying to infringe and bully. And he was a racist he, he, in his own right. And I, I still recall, you know, recall that clearly how he treat, mistreated the black students. But, um that's the world I've lived in my entire life. And that's the world we live in. And then when we try to tell people, they think we're being overbearing and they don't want to hear it because they can't see it. And, and that's, that's really what this expression is about now is, you know, the world is a little more nuanced and people have relationships uh, where it's not illegal, you know, (laughs) like if it was illegal, just like 60 years, you know, 50 years ago. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, people, you know, we have a nuanced world where people understand, you know, and not as much as I would have wanted, you know, uh, just to answer the question here. Uh, yeah, that enough America means predator to me when I think of it and what it's done to my mother and my father, myself, my people, Native Americans. I, that's I'm partial blood that like when does when's when's the dream come? It's been nightmare for us. Mm. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with that. And I think, you know, growing up and with my background, I, I feel like, you know, you're just you're, it's just driven into you as a kid. You don't even think about it. All you all you hear about is, hey, stand up, say this, salute this. And then once you, uh, you know, you're, you're you allow yourself to question what's actually going on and, and, and you actually open yourself up to the fact that history is not what you were taught and the narrative is uh, completely different. That's when you're like, whoa, um, 
you know, like Raz even talks about on Francis Scott Key, the third verse of the national anthem threatens runaway slaves. Like, a lot of people don't know that, but now people do know that, and they're still like, well, that's our song, so that's okay. Like, you know, and it's like, wait, what? Like, literally, this song is, hey, 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 all black people that left, the, uh, the slaves that left and became the colonial marines and the British hired, we're gonna, we're gonna put you guys in the ground. Like, right. That's, it's insane. And if people are like, well, you still need to, you, you'll still need to do it. it. And then you're like, why? Are you out of your, are you out of your fucking mind? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that's, that's what fascism is, is when, when you're, when you believe in uh, a symbol and a song more than an actual ideology and the number one ideology uh, and the most American thing you should be doing is actually protesting. Right. It's, it's like, yep. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. And, that, and that's why, you know, that song was, was written, you know, Jay, provided such an amazing such an amazing backdrop and and i just got a hold of it and i was and you know i was angry and i and i wrote it and then i was like and i already know raz is angry so i was, I was like hey check out my check out my illustration my and i sent it over to him he's like yeah, yeah like, like, all right you tag in let's go <laughs> yeah i mean honestly <laughs> i was video. like yeah oh yeah we do have a video i just wanted to add like normally i would you know do sociopolitical but you know it's a blessing to have human beings because at the end of the day, we are just human beings, man. Right. And, you know, God had his own anger. And he sent me a record. I'm thinking, you know, I think I'd heard the beat. And I'm thinking, you know, we're going to be rapping and tapping and lyrical styles. <laughs> and then God yeah. came and I'm mad. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. I, I don't know if I'm as mad as God on that record. <laughs> 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 so, you know, and that's, that's what it should be compassion and love for everybody, for the, for the, any human being, the poor, any person, man, you know, and that's what the American ideal is about, and that's what the song is really exposing that hypocrisy. Uh, Jay, with a, with a song like this, uh, how are you, like, you know, how are you, how, how are you using the beat to kind of express your, I guess, your frustration, maybe, or your anger with what's going on? Yeah, so uh, the beat, yeah, we started with the beat first, and I made that beat on July 4th, 2016. And um, I just randomly made it. It wasn't like a plan. And I named it America because it was the 4th of July. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when Gaunt sent me back what he did vocally, well, he sent it to me and Raz in the same email thread. Uh, when he sent it to us, I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, I don't have uh, political records myself. I'm not against doing that. I just don't. Um, I just don't have those kind of songs. I have. Don't get me wrong. There's tons of songs that I have out and that are coming out as right. well where it's very clear I do not care for Trump at all. The fact that I hate him, you know what I'm saying? Like that's very clear in songs that are out there and that are coming out solo wise, but I don't, I just don't have those like full songs and stuff like that. Um, so when they spoke for me, I was like, yes, like Gaunt, we had, um, you know, Gaunt, Gaunt and I could speak the same, we could speak on the same kind of shit. Raz lived, did, like had a whole different experience than we could ever even understand. You know what I mean? Like there's no way to understand that unless you lived it. And, um, to hear both ends of that on a beat that I created and a song that all three of us created, I was just like, I literally tell people that all the time where I'm like, yo, I feel like they spoke for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm behind every word that they say on every record to begin with, but I'm behind what they're saying politically, like sociopolitically, everything. I'm with it. You know what I mean? And, that, and all I could do was just give the backdrop, which I did actually make on 4th of July, funny enough. So I didn't even realize that. That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, was there any hesitancy for you guys to release this album now, especially with the pandemic, and also uh, from a, from a, I guess from a 
maybe from a lyrical uh, or even social perspective that what's going on now with the protests on the street for, uh, to try to dis- dismantle system- uh, systemic racism in our country? Was there any hesitancy to release it now? Do you guys wish you held off a little longer or was it just had to be released now? No, I, I don't, I don't, I don't actually, because we were, we were holding on to it for a really long time as it was. Mm. And the album really does touch on a lot of different subjects. So it's, it's, you know, right now, we are very much so and rightfully so focused on one subject that should have been addressed a long time ago. Mm-hmm. However, you know, we're, we're kind of adding to that with a lot of the records that we've done. And, uh, and I just feel like the album is, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be around for a while. So it's, it, it was time for us to put it out and, you know, we'll, we'll have another album. We'll be, we'll put out down the road. So it's, uh, I, I just always found that holding on to things just, uh, just was never really the move. I, I would do that a lot, like earlier on in my career. I'm like, just, just wait. You just wait, and then, then now I'm going to unveil this thing. And it's like, no, man, just get it out, and we'll, and 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 we'll deal with it. And uh, it's it's worked for us. But but I do agree that you know the majority of our attention right now needs to be directed at 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 one thing. But that doesn't mean that you can't be. You know, it doesn't mean that every song you have to listen to is you know Rage Against the Machine and right. and, and Public Enemy <laughs> during right. going on because otherwise you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna burn out. Uh, so yeah yeah I, uh, just to add on to it I, I, I think under the 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 you know nobody went into 2020 expecting this shit right. and so <laughs> I think <laughs> we you know there is a part of being strategic being intelligent you know people there was a mood for certain records and you know we, we tried to you know to catch me, you know, there is timing. And so, you know, we really, you know, I really love the, you know, the, the premiere record. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there could be, you know, in retrospect, you know, if, maybe we say, ah, maybe we shouldn't put that one out. But it, it's a great record and it'll do what it'll do and people will discover it. We have so many other records uh, on this album that a month from now, you know, that, that just it'll we have a mood it's a movie if, if the movie's just strictly all fucking it's a porno if it's just all all violence like we have a full movie and so you can take whatever you know whatever scene that applies to to the mood of the day and and, and utilize that which is you know ultimately the go my goal and i would hope you know everybody's goal uh, so admittedly a few years back I went through this probably like 10 years back I went through this whole thing about noticing that a lot of hip hop artists uh, in their lyrics kind of reference Stevie Wonder in a way and uh, whereas you do this on uh, the title track Walking With Lions mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder's song in the key of life so I of course <laughs> have to ask you all like what is the what's on top of can you guys talk about the creation of this track but also what is kind of the the influence for each of you I guess for Stevie Wonder in terms of you guys as artists <laughs> well, when I made the beat, I was dressed up like Stevie Wonder in 1970, <laughs> and it came out that way. You know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, I'll let you guys start. Sorry. <laughs> I, I try to avoid Stevie Wonder's, uh, like you know, the obvious, the blind thing. Right. So I mean, I went to songs in the kid life. I was actually that was what I was talking about, and then I I went key as music key and then stevie wonder's locksmith so i i i, I yeah i he, yeah i guess he got me stevie's curse 
<laughs> the gift and the curse of Stevie. <laughs> I don't see. I think that, that's just a hilarious observation. <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah, I yeah. I have many Stevie Wonder records. I know his first name is Stevlin. Um, that's a fun fact. That's that's about it. You know, I'm a fan. I think yeah, we're right. Great. Yeah, I, I love Stevie. Uh, I don't. I don't think that I've ever. I don't think I've going through anything I've ever done. I don't think I've ever personally referenced him. But I, I do now that it's almost like you, know, you cut, like the end of the sixth sense when everything starts coming together. When you said that, like I'm like, man, I'm thinking back to like how many times I've heard a Stevie Wonder. Reference I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find yours. You're gonna have one. It's gotta be one. It's gotta be one. It's gotta be one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, Who's uh, Stefan, and, and and what's the importance of this track for each of you? Oh, Steven. Steven. I'm sorry. I'm like Frenching. <laughs> I'm making... Uh, anyway, yes. I'm he, could be, I mean, he, he, he could be... He could be... Stefan. 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 Yeah. Um, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little catch. <laughs> really it, you know it wasn't it wasn't based on like you know an individual person obviously but but it, it really is you know we've, we've had a lot of songs about because that's that's something else that's going to unfortunately rear its ugly head because that's a problem that hasn't gone away either it's just the the violence um in 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 schools um but it's it, it, or just anywhere for example like people opening fire which which you know the, the ironic part which raz mentions in francis scott key is that it's predominantly white people doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's just, I wanted to kind of, when, when Jay provided that, that again, that really dope beat, I'm listening to it. And, and I was just thinking about kind of a song from the perspective of the shooter not like, Oh, like not like I understand, you know, this kid should have done it, but, but understanding kind of why he did it because of, we're just a, so numb to things at this point. And, B, a lot of times when people do have issues, especially children, that we kind of just say, hey, pop a couple of these, you know, things and you'll be fine instead of really addressing the, the problem. And and we can say that, you know, yeah, there are, plenty, there are plenty of guns that are very much so in the hands of people that should not have access to them, but there's there's also more to it. So I, I just uh, – I kind of wanted to tell that story and, and, you know, when I approached Jay and Raz about it, they were like, you know, they, they, they were very much so about it. So, uh, that's really kind of the, 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 you know, how, where it lies with that song. I, uh, I subconsciously channeled a friend of mine and so it's slightly his narrative. Mm. Um, and, uh, had a promising career and ultimately, always played with guns. That's what I said. Shut off the top mm-hmm. of your, do- your dome, you're done. Um, and he was my friend. He was, a, you know, a white kid uh, about to get an HBO show. And he was in front of his co-stars that, that they were doing the, the I forgot what it's called, the, the first show, the pilot. Mm-hmm. And I saw him that night and he couldn't get in because he was a thug. <laughs> he was a gangster as a white kid. My band. <laughs> I don't want to say his name, but he's super gangster. He's, like I met him through people from Nipsey Hussle's neighborhood, literally. Like that's how bad of a kid he was, but he was an awesome human being. And uh, uh, like my crip friends, like, "Cuz you gotta hang out with this kid." I'm like, "No, I don't want another friend." And I was like, "I love this guy. He was a whole, he was a bad kid. He was awesome." And uh, you know, I, I would tell him stop playing. With, you know, he had burners, or whatever, and he would always kind of do the "I'm crazy" shit. 
you know, my father always told me that police officer, like, don't play with the gun because you may forget or somebody could have touched the gun and left one in the chamber. And that's what happened to him. And he actually uh, in front of people shot himself in the head. Okay. And, uh, it, you know, uh, I, I, I took the story, but I, I, it was subconscious. And just I, I only very rarely like remember that because it's something that's painful and I don't like thinking about it. I saw him that night. He went to his house with, with his to meet up with his people. Like within an hour of seeing him, I get a call like he's blown his brains out. And so, you know, it, it was just the danger of guns, period. You know, when they're in the hands of, and you're not in the right mind state, period. You can hurt others. You can hurt yourself. Yeah, and I think that both both kind of verses, no matter what the story is, it just culminates to that there's a point where it happens. Something happens and people lose their lives you know like that's no matter what no no matter how it happened here's the here's the end result and that's that's what we kind of have to deal with and 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 i i mean god did the hook first and people don't want to talk about you know nobody wanted you know Mm -hmm. nobody want to mention steven because it's kind of the taboo and it brings up hurtful memories and think about it even when that school shooter or whatever like it's painful for everybody. Right. The mother's in pain if he shot other people. The mother's in pain if he killed himself. You know, it's just, it's, you know, it's just a, one, of the, one of the hazards of, uh, you know, uh, uh, of uh, our society. And we right. haven't figured out, you know, and medicating people who have emotional problems or, you know, or putting them in jail is not, we, we I, I forgot what they said. We, 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 uh, I think, uh, some politicians said it recently. We imprisoned a third of all the women imprisoned in the world. Like we're fucked up. Yeah. Wow. Like, and like I didn't realize that. Like I just thought it was black people. You know what I mean? Like it's like we just have like this country has got to look in the mirror, man. On the situation, parents pay that low cost. They've been doing that to him since 04. And so far, this little times he go off. A spark in that inferno that's building inside his mind, but choose to cope. He never learn those. Police follow him home, like that's the way that nerd goes. Bruise him up and leave him blue and purple. Don't let him in the inner circle. Replace all so I want to just kind of briefly turn up. Step away from the album just for a second because I have a, a question just for uh, J57. Uh, Jay, you you worked at uh, the New York City location of Fat Beats uh, from yeah. 2004 until it closed. Uh, yes, can, you, can you take us back to the importance of Fat Beats uh, in the time in New York City, but not just for, I think, uh, New York City hip hop, but for uh, just hip hop in general and also in, in independent hip hop artists? Oh yeah. I mean, I was there, it was still, you know, it was old New York, you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't like how it is now. And, uh, you know, it was, it was ever changing the entire time that I was working there. Um, as far as the culture goes and as far as the industry goes, I mean, everything is sped up and ramped up so much. Um, you know, now hip hop is the, you know, the biggest genre and stuff like that. And it's been for a while. But, uh, but Fat Beats did close September 5th, I think, 2010. So, um, you know, we're talking about almost 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, the significance, the importance, it, it was kind of, I wouldn't say it was everything, but it was kind of everything. You know, it was kind of like, you know, it was a tangible physical place where you could actually go there and, and meet people and 
Fun fact, you know, I met Raz there for the first time. He came in. I think him. I think I feel like Raz. I feel like you and Immortal Technique came in. I might have. I probably told you this once back in the day, but like you guys came in. I met Raz. He was super cool. I met Preem there. I met um, Cool Herc, Eminem. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I met so many people there that either I've looked up to and I met, or that. And I'm just talking about my experience. So just think about what I'm saying right now. What I'm saying right now, like. I'm somebody who worked there and I'm an artist. I was working there to get my art form out there on a bigger scale. It took me a lot of years of working there till it actually happened, but it did happen. So think about the, the people who used to, who were my friends that used to come in and I became friends with them over time with the same, uh, you know, the same goals and whatever else, if you will, you know, like you could go to a place like that and meet your idols. Like I could meet Quali multiple times there. I can meet Marco Polo and become really close friends with him from that. You know what I mean? Like those are things that happen. And would I've met them otherwise? I don't know. I don't know if I would have met any of them ever outside of fat beats. And that's kind of crazy. If you think about it, especially the names I've listed, some of them are pretty integral in my, in my career. And then some are as just as integral in their influences that became not even friends. They're just there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know them like that. I met them once and it was, it was important to me. So, um, that's just my experience, you know, and now 10, almost 10 years later, there is not a place like that. We, we do have a fat beat in LA and by we, I mean the culture, I'm not a part of the company anymore, but, um, I, I will just say I, the internet is a beautiful thing. It's a catch 22. As we all know, we could go down that rabbit hole for the rest of this conversation, but it's like, yo, we need the tangible places. You know what I mean? We actually do need mm-hmm. that for everybody, for humans. Like we're human. You know what I mean? Like I don't want that AI type stuff happening anytime soon. I don't want it all to be a digital world. I don't want all that. It's inevitable probably, but I think right now we can, we can still hold on to it and have more tangible kind of situations. We could pick up a CD, pick up a, like physically pick up a, a record and, and purchase it. And, and that's a cool experience. And it's dope to open up the, the vinyl and, and look at all the liner notes and see the artwork and study it while you listen to the music, like all four of us have, or three, yeah, all four of us have done like growing up, you know, but, um, you can do that digitally now. I know, but I, I you can't take away what I just said though. You, I, I don't know if I ever would have met Eminem or premier or I did end up meeting Raz outside of fat beats. So I guess that doesn't count, but, um, <laughs> like, but you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I would have met all these people who were idols to me to this day. And even before meeting them, you know what I mean? Right. And like, and that's, that says that that means something. And the reason that they were going there is a big deal. Immortal technique and Raz Kaz walked into fat beats. That sounds like the beginning of a joke, but it's not <laughs> like that happened. Bro. That happened. And like, and I, and I, I shot the shit with them. Just us three talking for a little bit of time. And I want to say yeah. it was like summer 06 or something. I don't know what year, I think it might've been 07, but like that, that's a big deal, man. And I was working there. I didn't get special treatment because I worked there. I had no name as an artist. They didn't care. They thought I was a cool dude. But like, think about all the people who were in the store at that moment. It could have been right. a guy from Poland, 10 feet away texting all his friends that immortal technique and Razkaz are like talking in the store right now. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. There could have been a guy from Italy with a stack of records and there's a mm-hmm. Raz record in there and there's a technique record in there in the store. Like you don't get that at a, at a, a another kind of store, you know what I'm saying? For music, you don't, you don't, you never did. They do in stores and whatever else, but it's a, it, they've, there's never been a thing like fat beats before. And then, and there probably won't be, mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying? Unless you resurrect what fat beats is to New York. Were there any, um, I mean, would, for you, all of you, I mean, I mean, any collaborations that probably wouldn't have happened, do you think, if, if, if something like a Fat Beats did not exist, where you just randomly ran into someone, you know, another artist, and then you just shot the shit in? Well, I'm an, I'm an extreme case for that because 
all of my features have been the homies and um yeah i have yet to pay for a feature or a beat from somebody and you could you can from jamo gang to whoever you could look at the list of who i worked with from joey badass to bronson to west side gun whoever i didn't pay them for any of the stuff i've done you know i've done stuff for them as well mm-hmm. and and it's from relationships built from fat beats joey like for example joey and and uh, Westside were not from Fat Beats, but my clout, my respect level was from my Fat Beats days. Right. I'm, I'm super aware of that. I'm super aware mm-hmm. that that was from Brown Bag All Stars and Fat Beats. Like I'm so grateful and so aware. You know what I mean? And I'm so grateful that now this new chapter is JMO Gang, and this is like, this is it. You know what I mean? Like this is the thing that got me where I wanted to go all these years, and I got to do it with two people I consider brothers. You know what I mean? Like, like that's fire to me. And I mean, I go back. For example, I go back with Sky Zoo 16 years. You know what I'm right. saying? But I don't. We don't have a lot of music out together, so people probably don't even realize that. I go back with you. Just you name them. I go back with people like Marco Polo since his in store with Pumpkinhead, summer two thousand five. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I've, I've been making records with Marco since then. You don't get you get what I'm saying? Like so, yeah. yeah there's, there's no way I would have linked with them otherwise. And uh, and I never had the money to feature anybody growing though coming up and everything. I was broke for a lot of years, so it's like yeah, it, it was just a it was just built on respect. You know what I mean? Right. Everything was built on respect from Fat Beats and a lot of years of of just committing to this music stuff. I mean, like if, if Raz and Gaunt had, you know, had a couple hours, they could go in about how they've been consistent too. you know, (laughs) all these years, just consistent (laughs) music and hitting the road and going crazy. You know what I mean? Like doing what we do, like just really putting in that work, you know what I'm saying? But the fat beats thing for me, like that was, yeah, I knew what that was going to be for me and it took a lot of years to get it, but I got it. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. Uh, Turning back, to, uh, real quick, turning back to the album. Uh, 30, so 38 minutes to track. Uh, another maybe, this is maybe another weird way of me thinking. Uh, 38 minutes, the time actually reminds me of when I used to work in radio and having to program an hour of radio. And when you exclude commercials and usually the top of the newscast, you kind of get like 36, eight, 38, 36 minutes of, of actual programming. So curious why the title 38 minutes and how did this track come together? Resonator. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you, really, you really like you really took the uh, took the lead on this, man. Yeah, yeah, you know I'm topical guy, man. So I uh, I was just it, it was the Hawaii's uh, defense alarm went off, and it was supposed to be a test. Uh, uh, it was during the same time that Trump and uh, Kim Jong Un from North Korea were kind of going back and forth. They liked each other. They didn't like each other. Right. So. Uh, they did a, a, a beta test of a missile strike from North Korea. What they didn't do is let everybody know this is a drill. This is a test. So when it went off, this actually happened uh, uh, about three years back. Um, something like that, maybe two or three. Um, up, uh, you know, people literally, apparently it takes 38 minutes for a nuclear bomb to get from North Korea to uh, Hawaii. So that's uh, the chaos that ensued from that but apparently people because Hawaiians are pretty freaking cool they didn't do a lot of looting you know suicides or whatever but mm-hmm. I just took the I just literally took the concept straight from that and I kind of put the the uh you know the sound effect like the you know I took the actual you know I found the actual drill that they used in Hawaii and and then uh you know just you know wrote the verse and and I was fortunate enough that you know the team thought it was you know a a cool concept. I, we just, what, what I really enjoy in an album is 
you know, it's a story. So Slick Rick, you know, or Nas or Biggie, you know, like it's just a different kind of story. We put ourselves in a scenario and we rhymed our way out of it. I just don't want to hear everybody, you know, how many rappers have robbed the bank. It's like, okay, you know, so we, we, we created a different scenario. Fun, fun fact, a number of radio stations, I guess they played the song and they, and they're listening like a real, real, like a, uh, War of the Worlds type thing, like people were calling. <laughs> and like, what do you mean? There's what, what, what's going on right now? Because we have that warning in the beginning of the right, song. Right. So they're like, <laughs> they hit us up. They're like, "Can you guys like supply a version without the whole warning thing in the beginning?" <laughs> I was too. It was too uh, realistic. It was, it was, <laughs> I think the other funny part about side note about this album, and not well, because we we really are like a cohesive group, but like. You know, we're talking about different songs here, and and it's like, oh, that's a that's a Lennon song, or that's a oh, oh yeah, that's that's a McCartney song. You're like, oh, thirty minutes, oh yeah, that's a Raz, that's a Raz. You know, like, you know, like you know, you know, lighters up. You're like, oh man, uh, you know, McCartney fifty seven really, really came through on that. One. Um, I want to go back a little bit to uh, your your EP in 2018, um, Welcome to the Golden Era, the, and the video for it. Um, again, got, you're wearing, uh, which is hilarious, the Robin Bird t-shirt and a criminal-minded baseball <laughs> uh, I, I grew up in New York, I grew up in New York City, I'm 40, so I kind of, so the Robin Bird is just classic. Uh, so can Thank you. you. I don't know what it is, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> can you just take us back, just so the listeners, kind of take us back to New York City in 96 um, and kind of why why you're highlighting it in for this video, for the song? Man, you know, obviously the, you know, the song is Golden Era and, and we wanted to start out, you know, the, the whole idea of it, which uh, Brian Saxon directed the video, this guy uh, who was also doing our Francis Scott Key video, you know, he he had a great idea because it is called Golden Era to do kind of a let's have these let's have these kids kind of like step step back into like old you know old New York and like see where all this came from because there is a there's a huge disconnect to an extent with like the younger generation and and hip hop like you know hip hop's the only genre of music you know you can ask you can ask a you know, 12 year old kid that plays the guitar right now in 2020, like, Oh, who do you know that plays? And he would know who like Jimi Hendrix was, but like you talk to a, you know, 15 year old kid that listens to hip hop and you're like, Oh, like KRS one rock him. They'd be like, who? So, so we kind of wanted to bridge the the disconnect. And, uh, the, the, the two kids in the video are actually Jay's stepson and my, and my nephew. Mm. Um, (laughs) so, really really uh is, is is pretty cool and 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 they're cool kids and they got it but uh yeah i really wanted to like you know kind of make the make the message known and that shirt that robin bird shirt which is done by a, a company called canal street counterfeit and i i believe that uh robin birds they made the t-shirt i don't even think they sold it but robin birds lawyer like got on it real quick and like told them they need to shut it down. So they just handed out all the shirts <laughs> instead of selling them. <laughs> so Robin bird is still, uh, you know, making sure that her namesake is being taken care of. And uh, all those, all those crazy uh, squiggly videos that we'd watch at night are still being <laughs> preserved in the, in the culture. But yeah, just kind of bridging those generations is what we're, what we were attempting to do in that video. And I, I just, that was a really fun video to shoot because then we got a lot of just people, our friends in New York that had been in old New York for a while. And, um, 
it's funny when I tell stories to the younger generation now about, I feel like I'm that old guy now. I'm like, man, in the, you know, in the nineties, right. what are you kidding me? This neighborhood right here. Oh my God. There was literally one Chinese food place and a laundromat and it didn't have this, uh, child daycare place and this bamboo nursery and, you know, <laughs> artisanal coffee shop. And, and, and then, I, and then I just sound like that guy that's like, oh, I'll tell you the way it used to be. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. I think I went back to my uh, old neighborhood in Washington Heights, and there's this bar called Locksmith, and I realized why it's called Locksmith because it actually used to be our locksmith. Uh, but probably, no, <laughs> yeah. probably no one creative. Was that. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is a little bit creative or not. And then it's uh-huh. then it's a cigar shop where the bodega. Is. <laughs> kind of, uh, Raz, you you actually in this video you you bring us back to '95 uh, LA. Um, mm. So can you kind of talk? I you know I'm I'm New York City and uh, you know I did like I, was, I did like LA hip hop, but obviously not I wasn't not too informed with it. So can you kind of take us back to LA '95 hip hop? Yeah, man, it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, we uh, we had we had almost two. They, the industry was trying to create two scenes. And usually, and that's what I don't like about the corporate, but to answer your question, corporate uh, hip-hop, all the labels were trying to create this distinction. The rappers bought into it, and it was gangster rap, and then it was backpack. But there was only one avenue, venue, unless you were a multi-platinum rapper, period. Um, And that was this club unity. And so it was so intermixed. There was literally everything there was there was rockers there was gang bangers there was you know the, the like the mexican cholo dude there were like uh everything it was so cool it was this very motley crew of people that came together for the music and in the, their uniform you know couldn't identify what their music preference was it was the only place to go listen to rap hmm. and so that that's that was like 95 uh hip-hop Lastly, back to the album, Welcome with Lions, the, the last track. I mean, the track, uh, Highway, reminds me of uh, John Vember's Leaving on a Jet Plane. Uh, and, and now the hook. Uh, so uh, can you guys tell us kind of like with this album, and I think and also from going forward for each of you, uh, what do you want, what else do you want us to leave us with and what do you want to kind of accomplish with as individual artists, but also as a group? I, I, I know as a group, you know, because you could see the, even the growth between the the EP and the and the LP, where the LP definitely has, you know, more of a story to tell than the EP, where we're, we're kind of showing out a little more on that. Um, I know me personally speaking f- for the group, like I I want to continue to move in that direction. Like you know, I've I've spent my entire underground you know backpack rap career, you know speaking about how good I was on the mic and like, I, I've just, I've evolved so much as a person that I really have a lot of things that I want to touch on. And I, and, you know, I know we all do. So that's why, that's why JMO gang is, is different than anything we've done individually. And I think that I really, I want us, and I know we, you know, we all kind of feel the same way. We want to move in that direction. And, um, and even the, the, you know, the decision that I made to, to sing, sing that book, you know, like it's not something that I typically do, but it's, it's just, I liked what was going on there. And I was, and I, and I, I kind of wanted to, I talked about our journey and I, and I, and I just wanted to touch on it. So, um, yeah, I just, I just want to, I, I just want to keep evolving, not only personally as, as a human being, but like also as an individual artist and, and then in this group as well. Hmm. So, um, Raz or Jay? 
uh, you want, uh, we leave the last words for you, 57. For me, I always envision, uh, just because I know my personality and, and I know that they know my personality, a lot of people get a really weird perspective about who I am as a person. And I've always felt like maybe it's the beat preference, uh, beat choice. I get to have more fun, so I become, uh, you know, uh, Tiger Boy. And <laughs> I get to, you know, I get to, and I'm Tiger Boy before, you know, uh, the Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> well, before the world was aware of the Tiger King, I'll say that. Um, you know, but th- th- not not as gay, but still as, you know, wild. <laughs> but um, can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. Oh, All yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I remember just really loving the first BC Boys album and then buying the vinyl to Paul's Boutique, saving up money and uh, arguing with people that it was better. And so I'm still trying to make Paul's Boutique. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Word. So th- this project, I mean, th- this group, I should say, because we have two projects out, but like this, this group for me was just like, you know, I'm an MC producer. I'm not just a producer. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a producer who raps a little bit. I rap my ass off. Um, you could go check me on that right now on the internet and all the platforms, whatever. It's just facts. You know what I mean? So for me to want to step back and not really, not want to be on the mic for this project, or for this group, I should say, mm-hmm. that says a lot. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about, you know, the, Gaunt and Raz are two of the most powerful MCs on the planet. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like those are two of the best MCs. And that's just these are facts. This is not even opinion. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to be at their level every time I get on the mic with them. I, that's fun and that's challenging. And I could do it once in a while. And there's no doubt about it. Like once in a while. But to continuously have to be, to have to have like the sharpest sword in the world mm-hmm. next to these two friggin' Conans, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm, like yo, I'm like, yo, I want to, I'm like, you know what? I think I could be better utilized for this as a producer. And that's, it was such a dream project, this album, obviously the EP too. But like, we're, you know, we're speaking on the album, like it was such a dream come true to like, uh, to be a fan and, and, and approach the record from a fan standpoint. You know, like how Don said, there's joints where, was at the helm and he did the hook and there was tracks where Gaunt was at the helm and he was on the hook. And, um, and then like, if I'm at the helm of sorts, it's like, I brought in a singer or I did this or whatever it is. We all brought something different to the table and it was really dope. And for me to just tie it all together as a, from a producer standpoint and they, and they let me do that and they gave me the space to do it. Um, you know, that, it was just a dream. It was, it was beyond a dream. And, 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 and let's not even forget the fact that all the scratches on this album were by DJ Premier. Like that's a fact that we never even speak about. We just don't, it's so like, we don't even realize it sometimes we don't, we're super grateful, but we don't even like, we haven't flaunted and flexed that. You know what I'm saying? But that's a fact. All scratches by DJ Premier. Yeah, he's pretty that's good. All I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Hopefully he makes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got a real promising future. <laughs> Uh, he's J57, El Gaunt, Razkaz, their JMO gang, new album, Walking with Lions, as always. And guys, it's an honor to have you guys in the library with Tim Heineke. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank you, man. 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 Th
ain't underground, ain't commercial either. This is ambition making people believers. Evil pictures painted on the easel. Diesel like I'm Kevin Nash. Changing this house of pain game, call me Everlast. If I ever last, sit and laugh, I'ma let it pass. Headed in the wrong direction, spending up my petty cash. And did it my way. Frank Sinatra, high octane, lifetime cock crane, the highway. It's going up like Pompeii. Get off the melody, stop singing like Sade. Wordplay, terrorize English like the IRA. Parlay, Irene. Split past by RA, we both rugged men. Juggalos juggling Jack Daniels, the struggle never ends. My face war painted like Olympians, native black Californians, Indian, Indy 500, and here's the formula. One, one. Cream, can I talk my shit? Yeah. The young drum guy with four or five spit. I'm a 57 Chevy ready, whiskey at the levy. Don McLean upon this game, I'm laughing away to the bank with 91 in the tank. I leave the godly departed, the highest paid producer, Tommy from Martin. I mean, he jobless and novice compared to a Sequarian, Barry and various and Barry. It's like a Sumerian, every comes like Barry on the highway. In my lane, and I came a long way, and it's been a long day. I'ma let my song play, and I still got a lot to do. And I ain't going nowhere, near ever coming back to you. Cause I'm forever on the highway. In my lane, and I came a long way, I'ma let my song. I'm the best kept, pristine 77 Chevelle SS. Best guess, I'ma push like a bench press. Hoofing to the finish line. Ricky Bobby call across that I ain't got but little time. Grind like a faulty break. Till I'm staring over my body and hearing the sound that I close off the make off the takes all the grace. Singer off the safety switch. Stepping down on tour warm baby like an 86. Ice cream music, not the ice cream man, no. All I sell is dope art and vodka. Van Gogh, all the barn doing the buck in the ice cream truck. James Bond, Aston Martin House. Whips up on the highway to heaven with no triple A card. Friends, but you my pal if you pay card. My driver's license suspended, we out of control. And the OJ Bronco chasing the highway patrol. Gone. In a hurry, I cross him like Stephen Curry. Cut the serpents out my circle for certain without a worry. Uh, something he might do. Covered up, but I see right through. They all want to be like him. I'ma be like me, and you could be like you. Every word is wise. I seem to be the certified. I see a season vet and leave him venting, being fertilizer. Last words before the firing squad. You could go burn every weed. Yeah, we still be higher than God On the highway In my lane and I came a long way And it's been a long day I'ma let my song play And I still got a lot to do And I ain't going nowhere Near ever coming back to you Cause I'm forever on the highway In my lane and I came a long way I'ma let my song Driving like I ain't thinking With my hands at light speaking Time to roll out Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.